<laughs> okay, looks like we are live. Good morning. It's so nice to be here with you today. I'm Sydney. Um, I'm Jana. That's Jana. <laughs> I have the background noise of people under three. No, they're not under three. Under four, <laughs> but still. So, but I am here and excited to be here on Monday with Sid this morning. Yeah. So we will dive right in. Um, we have been going over the Yamas um, and we are today going to speak about Asteya, which means non-stealing, loosely translate from Sanskrit to non-stealing. So this is the third Yama that we have gone over together over the last few weeks. And it comes after ahimsa, non-harming, and satya, honesty. And when we think of steya, we, you know, obviously think of non-stealing. Like when we think of stealing, we probably always think of money, right? <laughs> so we think don't take money from someone or don't steal some sort of physical thing from someone. And while that's true in this yama, it is for sure, not the only um, thing that we mean by non-stealing. Um, when we think about, you know, say we see a bike attached to a bike rack, um, it might seem like not stealing that bike is a sensible choice to make, right? Um, but like I said, Steya goes beyond this. Um, and one of the ways it goes beyond this is we can contemplate hoarding items that are unnecessary. Sorry about the barking. Um, I'm sorry, I'm laughing so hard because I have a three-year-old screaming yay! at a baby not to take his blocks. Don't take my blocks, they're my Oh, blocks. that's so He's funny. He's like, hoarding right he now. got the memo, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Um, yeah, so we don't hoard things that are unnecessary that we don't need. Um, we can really, this is so applicable, think about utilizing more resources than necessary. Um, so like a funny example of this is letting the faucet run while you brush your teeth. Like we don't need to do that. It's wasting water. Um, so it can obviously go beyond taking physical products or things and go to just contemplating how we use resources, how we interact with people around us too. So um, consider the act of like stealing time. <laughs> um, I think that we forget time is our most precious resource. It is the thing that we cannot ever get back. And so, although, you know, time might mean different things to different people. Um, you know, like we try not to be late because we don't want to waste someone's time. We don't want to call people to gossip because again, that is just a poor resource or a poor use of a resource. Um, and it's just courteous <laughs> really not to mismanage um, your time and the, the people around you, their time. Um, yeah. So I'm going to see Jen, if there's anything you wanted to add there. <clears throat> I, I always feel that I can understand this Yama on a deeper level when 
instead of just like, don't take this object, we think of all that we are in, like all that we interact with as resources. So yeah. <laughs> Sydney and I can easily talk about like the resources of nature and the planet and how humans are stealing them. But yeah. in a sense, that's still objects, right? Like it's still like taking a thing and using, but when we think about time or we think about like the emotional capacity of like your partner, or we think about um, just, I know that, um, I'm trying to think of a, a, a kind way to say it, but maybe there isn't one. But my mom used to tell me when I was a kid and I didn't really get it, stop manipulating the conversation. But it's like, but, and it made sense because it was like, I was stealing everyone's like conversation. I was like 11 and you guys, I talk a lot. So like, I get it now that I think I'm raising a mini me in a Cameron form. Um, so it's just to take it out of, you can make more, it, to take it out of this, context of just things really breaks this open for me to understand it in a new way and the effect of of what um like why we yearn for certain things which i think said you can go into where that leads us to next but we think about not only what we take but also what we want and why we want it and yeah um, yeah, there's so much there. One thing that I think is interesting to dive into is how um, we often steal from ourselves too, right? So when we have a bad habit <laughs> or a habit that doesn't serve us, right? So like say, you know, meditation helps you show up better for your life. And then you wake up and you have 15 minutes and you're on your phone and you don't meditate you're stealing from yourself, right? Like you are stealing from your future self in that moment, um, which is kind of interesting to think about. I wasn't thinking about that earlier. Um, but yeah, so obviously we can think of Astea on so many different levels. Um, and like also, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, to me this, when I, I feel like I always start with this Yama's like, oh, I don't really get it. But then I realized when I like get into this yama, it's so it's like such a good example of how these are like layered into our lives in our understanding of them because it's so superficial to begin with. Like I'm gonna steal this cup from the bar because I like it because I've never done that. You're gonna build a Cameron's gonna build a train. Um, to like stealing from yourself but it's like if we were to hop in with like stealing from ourselves then that's when i think the yamas become like too much like how do how do people even practice it so it's like to start with these like little steps and they like slowly like walk you up i don't know the mountain the hill the rainbow something that's on an incline yeah yeah and, um time i remember we had a a person coming into our teacher training and um, we had just learned about Astea. He was like an hour and a half late. And he was our anatomy guy. So I got like, not, not the greatest anatomy training. Cause he was just like, you know, my time is mine. It's not yours. And it was such a juxtaposition to like learning that I wish at one back then we would have seen Astea in that way. Oh, right. Or at least we were so forgiving. We're like, I guess our time is your time, right? That's crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And to like go along with that, um, you know, 
we can see one of like the richest ways to explore this yama is to kind of like I just said earlier, like don't rob yourself of experiences that life has to offer you. Um, so when we aren't present <laughs> in our lives and we allow other people to kind of take like that guy, for example, your training wasn't as beneficial as it could have been because he was not practicing a stea. <laughs> right? And yeah, it's just like, we really can learn to not rob ourselves of experiences of life. Um, like, which kind of goes into what we were going to chat about earlier is like how um, non-stealing can also remind us that we have all that we need already. So it's a practice that allows us to um, start. Like, so once again, like you're saying, when you're at the bottom of that incline and you start practicing this and as you start to walk up, walk up, walk up, like there are all these other benefits from practicing the yamas that aren't like apparent at the very beginning superficial level. But as you go up, you start to open the mind more and to be more engaged and more present. And then there's like all of these other benefits that come through, which so that abundance mindset is one of those that come from Steya. And this is something that I personally need to practice more. So I'm really happy that we're talking about it. Um, but it just reminds us that we should act from a place of abundance and not scarcity. Because like, you know, obviously the literal meaning is to not steal things that aren't yours. Um, but like this also, it's just reminding us that we don't need to be greedy. So like when you shine that light on everything that's within you already, you don't want so more, like want as much. You don't desire as much. And so interesting to think about because <laughs> Gandhi, I think um, Gandhi stated mankind's greed and craving for artificial needs are also stealing. And so in this practice, we can learn like what we crave and it's like asking the deeper questions, like, do we actually need, is this something that I have already? It's kind of interesting to think about. It's such a, a needs versus want practice. Yes. I think that's like one end of it or yeah. side of the spectrum. And I also think the other side is when you were talking about don't steal from ourselves, is that we also don't want to steal our own like lived experience, like even the difficult things that we're, we're seemingly asked to go through. I think we as human beings steal, I don't want to say like, not that you should, not that it should be a punishment or that you have to go through bad things, but there's, there's things to learn. There's things to unlearn. So we're so good at buying ourselves out of things, numbing ourselves out of things. Um, projecting, like think of what actually like projecting emotionally to, onto another person is like, is saying, well, I'm not giving myself the experience of my own emotions. I'm going to hand them off to you. Yeah. Which is dealing when you look at it at first, but when you look at it in terms of what is a stay at, it is not allowing yourself the experience of what is true to you. Mm. So 
it's like these are just so all the yamas like are we talking about truth but then you'll see in a couple weeks we're going to talk about like greed and taking too much which i think astaya and parigraha always like kind of rub elbows at the table and people Mm -hmm. get confused a lot and this is this is for me personally one of the ways but yeah yeah like we already have everything we need but we also don't have to you know, we're going to get things in this package that's the whole of ourselves that we aren't really going to like at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's where it's the practice of not robbing yourself from the full human experience that's available to us. Like the depth of your sorrow or like, you know, maybe darker experiences is the height of the joy at the same time. Like, so you're expanding your capacity to feel things in a world that's telling you not to feel anything, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, that's so powerful. Which I think, oh, Sid, you'll probably agree, because Sydney and I have these conversations many times about the state of the natural environmental world, um, is almost also how we got here. We wanted to invent things that make that take us out of the experience of something being challenging or something taking our time like we we're doing all of this and we're taking all these resources but we're we're taking from ourselves and we don't see it yet because it's so much to be in the present moment with something than it is to just do the easiest fastest cheapest thing which i'm a victim of too I do it. I'm, I am untangling myself from that. And there is some discomfort in it. There's some discomfort in, in living, believe it or not. No, absolutely. It's so true. And I think that, you know, all that want for convenience or things to feel great all the time is like, Like, what is the root cause of that, (laughs) of like wanting that comfort all the time? And I also think that when we explore things like the yamas, we can think of the root cause of like, what is the opposite? So like, what is the root cause of like this want for more, like this desire to always have things or like have convenience so that life is super easy? Like the root cause is, at least for the wanting part is I'm not enough, (laughs) Right. And so like when we learn how to, if we first shed light on that feeling or that, you know, desire, like that root cause of the suffering, I'm not enough. And then you can kind of observe again through the lens of the staya and through your daily actions and through this yoga practice of like how that shows up in all of the different ways. Then, right. It's like the first awareness is what's not comfortable. And then you start to like, build from there and it gets a little more comfortable and it gets a little more comfortable. So not that we're saying that this, this knowing or like shedding light on these things causes just suffering, (laughs) right? Like it might at first, like any, like I always say with meditation, like there's this false belief that meditation is really peaceful and easy. And that is not true. (laughs) That's like any sort of growth, you come across friction. And that's just how it is. And something that, you know, we observe and work through and grow from. And yeah, so 
it's just for Estea specifically, like finding your wholeness over and over and over again to like eventually climb up that hill and get towards the abundance mindset. And it's a climb. Yeah, because when you find your wholeness, I think you start to operate from a different center and a center that you can recognize yourself and your actions and your reactions and your responses, um, perhaps a little bit more so that Mm -hmm. you can say, I want that or I need that. But then your response to that thought isn't always to go and get it or to take it or to have it. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I think of it a lot in terms of, you know, why we want to feel all these happy, blissful feelings. Well, of course we do. Like, of course they feel lovely. Like doing the things we love to do feels great. And having happy feelings and smiling feels great. And laughing feels great. But I often think what would those feel like if we didn't know any other feeling? Right. You wouldn't, it wouldn't mean anything. So sometimes when you talk to someone that has quote unquote, everything they want, they feel empty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It makes me think of like for this week, it's like, well, what, you know, there's a question of where am I taking, but like, where am I taking for myself? Mm-hmm. Like, I think you said something like, um, Maybe you, you either said it or I thought you said it about being on your phone or something. So something I try really hard not to do in the morning, which I've become a lot better at it, is, is it sounds so absurd to say because it's how hard it is. 15 minutes. That's it. Just 15 minutes of being awake first thing in the morning. Just don't be on a device. Yeah. Like, don't, so- don't be on your phone. Like, don't roll over and look at it. Like, whatever is happening because... The second I go on my phone, it's like my brain goes to whatever it is that's going on in the phone, whether it's like what I'm reading in the Times, what my friend texted me, what work needs to be done instead of just like, that is the big one. Instead of just a, the experience of the morning, the weather. Our devices rob so much of our time. I, I think that that is the work of some of the work a lot of the work of like our generation (laughs) is figuring out how to have boundaries around that and to like not be glued to the phones and have everything else steal our attention constantly it's true because those of us with kids are little people that are just brutally honest with you like you tell a kid don't don't do this don't do that they will look at you and be like you do it Oh my gosh. You do it. Like, at least mine does. Yeah. So it is the work of, I believe, our generation to, 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 to detach, not even practice non-attachment, but literally to detach from what is numbing us. And so much of it is the things that can also bring us beneficial things. Like, I think that phone is great. We can practice yoga from our phones. We're doing yeah. it. This <laughs> is but makes me think of, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just said, but we need a boundary. Yeah. I think, um, this makes me think of the book atomic habits by James clear, which y'all, if you didn't, if you have not read that book, 
highly recommend, but it's like how to set up habits that may seem like so small, like the atomic is like double meaning, like foundational atoms, like these habits build up your days, but then also they can have this like explosive um, impact on your days. Um, but yeah, like our little habits and like how we design our days, like Jana, that's a, a beneficial habit that you are practicing. And, uh, you know, hopefully it gets to a point where you won't even need to think about it anymore. And that's just what you do, right? Like you don't pick up your phone. See, I'm in the habit where I do pick up my phone right now and I get angry at myself because I have this awareness. So then it's like a double, <laughs> double-edged sword of like, not only am I like doing the thing that I know is not helpful, but I'm also aware that I'm doing the thing that's not helpful. So it's like, okay, that's where I need to like take more responsibility and not do that. Right. But, but then there's like a discomfort when the day that well, you decide not to do it and absolutely. you're like, what am I missing? Who am I not getting back to? What is yeah. happening? So it's like, what experience do you want to be in? The, the the one where you're like out there in like 17 different ways or the one where you're like two feet or standing like in your bedroom? Two feet, yeah. Two feet. So it's like, you know, like I have the good habit of not bringing my phone into my bedroom. <laughs> like that was one thing that I did actually as a result, I think of reading, a, if not that book, a book like it. But now it's like, I wake up and go downstairs and I pick it up. <laughs> all about work in progress you know <laughs> yeah um Stea reminds me of one of my favorite quotes too that I want to share here and it's funny because this is a quote by Latsu that I probably was in college sophomore year when I first heard this quote and it like I remember stopping in my tracks and being like oh wow okay so be content with what you have. Rejoice in the way things are. When you realize there is nothing lacking, the whole world belongs to you. <laughs> and I feel like that captures this true spirit of Astea so much. Like when you realize there's nothing lacking, the whole world belongs to you. Like I said, like I remember hearing that line for the first time and it being the first time that that ever clicked in my brain. <laughs> like, oh, wow that's really powerful. And that's not how we operate. <laughs> I've never heard that. And you're always so good with so many great quotes. My brain just like never keeps them. Like, yeah, but it's amazing. But I think to, to, to practice where we act from a sense of lack is such an illuminating practice. Because you can't be lying. I know you're done being quiet. <laughs> but it's, it's just like when you actually do it, when you're like, hmm, where is this want, decision, something coming from? And you realize it's coming because you're not good enough. You're, you're not X enough. Like X being like fill in the blank. Enough. It's, it's, it's crazy because then I, ha I always have to take it to like a more objective place to be like, well, imagine your friend was telling you this because sometimes you can't even get out of your own head enough to be like, oh, I'm really not good enough to do this. So I'm going to, you know, have this. Yeah. And then you hear it and you're like, you still agree with yourself. So it's like, well, what if Sydney told me that? Or, or what if like any, any of you listening, watching told me that I would probably be like, yeah, that's not true. Yeah. 
It's so true. And then, you know, we just get in the habit of buying things online. And so like a really great practice is waiting 24 hours. Like maybe you put it in your cart and then you actually wait so that you have that pause period where you can say like, wait, do I actually need this? <laughs> Which is a great practice. And there's like all these little tricks that you can do, but it takes awareness. Like you said, of like, pretending like Jana is saying something to me instead of myself. <laughs> like there's like so many things coming up for the wedding that I'm like, yeah, I need to talk to Jana about that. <laughs> of like all these things that people say like I should do. And I'm like, really? <laughs> is that true? Well, I that's interesting that you share that because I find that, yes, we talk about daily stuff a lot. <laughs> we have our daily ritual. We have all these like daily, but sometimes when you can really see the practice of the yamas or when we get into the niyamas it's when you have like big stuff in your life or when you have stuff that involves a lot of other people like my yoga practice with me is one thing my yoga practice on like i don't know thanksgiving day with everybody around the table and coming in and out and bringing gifts to my kids is like a whole other practice. Yes, that is so true. Sometimes that's when I have to back it up and take some steps down the incline and be like, all right, let's just start with this part of it. Because we are, as much as we're practicing yoga, we're not in caves and meditating in in our own silence. And that's where like you can feel like you failed or you can feel like you're not doing enough in your practice. And that's when you have to also say like, no, this is, this is in context here. This is what works here. So it's like with the wedding, it's like, yes, but everything is amplified. You add more people, you amplify something. No, I freeze. Yeah. No, it's so true. Yeah. All that to say that I'm really happy we're having this conversation today. Personally, it was needed. And so many great reminders, you know, like, a lot of us as teachers have looked at the yamas throughout different years, like in our teacher training, or we like would talk about it in the past or in classes. But it's interesting how when you revisit these teachings and these practices at different points in your life, they mean completely different things. Like that foundation might still be there, but it might mean something totally different. So thank you for exploring this with us today. Um, when you listen, like, feel free to comment, continue the conversation um, down in the comments section, anything to add, anything that came up for you. We love, like, hearing about your experience, too. Um, this isn't just for us to, like, banter back and forth. Um, and then we will post our intention for the week that will have to do with this Yama. So keep an eye out for that. Um All right. Well, I hope you have a great week. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. It was so good to be here and chat about this. As always. Bye, (laughs) Larkin. All right. See ya.